Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. So bet $100 and get $100 at winbet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the DGen Dance. Our March Madness bankroll contest is back. Free to enter and $1,000 in cash and prizes up for grabs. Plus, we've got first half under bingo. Enter both contests on the SGPN app. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And as always... It's all good, baby, baby. Oh, it was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oaklawn. And uh, I got a man uh, joining me who you might see on the YouTube occasionally with On the Wrong Lead. And what the fuck are you doing on TV anyhow? You know, I get calls from back home every fucking day. They think you went bad shit. He's a, I believe he's a new Oaklawn convert. Um, well, not new, but... You know, he's made his trip to Mecca. Mr. Caleb Knight, what's up, buddy? What's going on, Chase? Good to be back. And it was, uh, yeah, you were right. First trip out to Oakland, down to Hot Springs. Um, what was that now? Two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? Yeah, whenever yeah, we were there? I think it was two weeks, yeah. You know, it all sort of blends together at this point. But right. uh, yeah, down to uh, horse, wrecking, horse racing Mecca down in uh, beautiful Arkansas. I would think it was a nice balmy 50 degrees and monsooning the first day I was there. So typical Oakland weather, but right. we had a good time. It was awesome. Yeah. So like, what's your, I mean, you've, you've been a few places. You, you've, uh, you've seen some things. How does it stack up with the uh, list of tracks you've been to? Yeah. So I've been, I've been to most circuits, not necessarily every track on every circuit, but I mean, I've done the Saratoga, Keeneland, Churchill, you know, fairgrounds, Gulfstream, whole nine yards. And uh, I really liked Oakland. I feel like once you're on track, it's a very cool experience Mm -hmm. because I went, as you know, it wasn't like Rebel Day or Arkansas Derby. It was like Archie bread sprints, you know, it was nothing uh, to write home about, but it was packed. There was people on Saturday, there was people everywhere. People were, you know, dressed up. You saw the fasteners, you know, people in suits, but you also saw people in shorts and a t-shirt with their, you know, Coors Light. So it was a, it was a very cool atmosphere. People were there for the racing. You could tell. Not so much for the, uh, you know, the the things that sometimes go along with the racing experience. So it was a fun time. It was good racing. I ended up hitting the uh, early pick five on Saturday, I believe that it was, mm-hmm. for uh, a little over uh, 6,000, which was real nice. So it always helps Very when nice. Oakland pays for my yeah. trip there. Yeah. So it was exciting. It's a good trip. Um, the one thing that did surprise me a little bit was the way that Oakland sort of pops up out of nowhere when you're driving through Hot Springs. Yeah, it's there's... Like, there's not much like there's, there's that like, oh, there's like a Walgreens and here's like a like a Mexican grocery store and then just bam Oaklawn. <laughs> yeah yeah and it's got the the one thing that uh it feel like every every square mile in Hot Springs Arkansas has to have a go-kart track on it for some reason <laughs> and there's one there's one just like right down the road from it uh in fact uh close to the adult novel- novelty store uh I believe which I don't know if those two if you just get all revved up you know racing go-karts and then you know Go and buy some black market boner pills next door at the at the uh, I don't know Adam and Eve store or whatever it is. As one does. Yeah, I mean if you're if you're doing hot springs right, then that's what you're doing. Um, right. 
Yeah, man. Uh, so you also got to experience with me um, one of the just the rarest of occurrences in horse racing. We got to be in the paddock for an invisible horse to be saddled. What was your what was your take on on that and uh, getting to meet Robertino Diodoro? Yeah. So, uh, well, first off, you know, thanks to uh, thanks to your buddy uh, Tim, uh, tightened the litigation, who was able to get us into the uh, paddock and into the uh, little owner's area. That was super cool. Um, I, I've never been in the presence of an invisible horse before. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm actually going to uh, file a petition with Oaklawn that my horse actually won. It's just that they couldn't see him because he was invisible. Yeah. Um, not the fact that he ran up the track at like three to one or something like that. That definitely yeah. did not happen. That, that, <laughs> that wasn't what happened. He actually scratched today. He was in the first. Um, did he? Yeah. I, I wonder if he did indeed. I, the, the rumor was he bled after that race, mm. but it was cool to meet, uh, Diodoro though. He was uh super approachable. He was like, yeah, go figure is I had three horses in this is the one I liked the best. And it's the one that didn't run. So that just yeah. <laughs> goes to show you that even the people in the know aren't always in the know. Yeah, man. And, uh, it was cool. You got, you got to talk hockey with him, which, uh, I, I got to just sit and observe cause I don't know, know about enough about a uh, hockey, uh, to really pitch anything meaningful into that conversation. But yeah, man, it was a, it was a good time. It was great hanging out. And, uh, we're gonna we're gonna bring this full circle, and we're gonna talk Saturday's uh, Oakland Park late pick five. That's got a pair of really salty little Grade Three races. Yeah, you want to do a little quick quick preview? What do you think of the uh, the sequence overall? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a hard sequence because it's the kind of sequence I think where you have you have some maiden races that look like real head scratchers, and then you have some stakes races that have some form. And I look at the favorites in those races, and I'm like. I'm not like adamantly against this horse. I can't say it won't win, but there's a lot of other horses that I kind of like at better prices that are, right. you know, and it's one of those things where I end up with one of those kind of ugly, like blocky pick five tickets. I haven't actually put a ticket together in, in detail yet, but it, it's going to take some, uh, you're going to have to take some stands somewhere. And man, it, I actually couldn't narrow down to a single anywhere in this sequence. Anyway. I could not either. Not one that I would feel confident in at all. All right. Well, now that we've sold you on our confidence in the sequence, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break here at the Notorious OTB. When we get back, uh, we're going to kick it off looking at this pick five. So we'll be right back with more Notorious OTB brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is now active in Massachusetts and tons of other states. And be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. And March Madness is here. There's so many ways to bet big on the big dance. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100 and get $100. Limited to state availability. And, of course, for our DGENs only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to winbet.com or download the WinBet app. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 or older and present the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. The DJ Dance, our March Madness bankroll contest is back. It's free to enter. And $1,000 in cash prizes are up for grabs. Plus, we've got first half unders bingo where you can win a SGPN gift card. Enter both contests on the SGPN app. Welcome back to the Notorious OTB brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Come on. 
When you hear that upbeat hip-hop tune, it means it's time to handicap horses. What else could it possibly mean? Uh, we're talking the late pick five at Oakland Park, and that's this Saturday, the 18th. Uh, you're our Lord, 2023, month of March. Starts race six, post time, 418 Eastern, 318 God's time. Also, real quick, belated uh, St. Pat- you know, happy St. Patrick's Day to everyone, because we will get this podcast out on a Friday. So, uh, drink green beer, puke green everywhere, because I think that's what you're supposed to do. Uh, I'll tell you, one of the best times I ever had at St. Patrick's Day was down in Savannah, Georgia, for their St. Patrick's Day. They do it up, like, big. I have never seen so many drunk cops in my <laughs> life. It was awesome. All right, race six is a $40,000 maiden claiming race and go, maiden claiming race going six furlongs. When you look at some of the purchase and claiming histories of these horses, it's it's a really interesting little race. And I'm talking specifically about the favorite, Collected Glory. This horse was a $100,000 auction purchase that had plenty of cracks that made special weights, and it's been plummeting in class since entering the claiming ranks. And uh, I think this is just a good favorite to leave off the ticket to start. How do you see this race uh, shaping up? Yeah, I see it the same way as you, Chase. I look at that eight and... He's the kind of horse that like, does he win? I mean, he could. I mean, if this horse wins, I'm not going to be like, ah, oh, he was impossible to have. He's the most likely horse in the field to run his race. But like you said, I feel like I know what his race is and I feel like it's probably good enough for second or third. Whereas there's a lot of other horses in here that are either first time starters or more lightly raced or trying something new for the first time. And I'm going to lean on some of those horses to maybe improve or take a jump forward as opposed to kind of taking that, horse who i i kind of feel like i know who she is at this point yeah. so it's I a known entity that. and it's not a great entity is what we yes is what we've come to. <laughs> yeah exactly um so i guess uh the horse that i ended up you know landing on uh well i actually have three horses in this race um but i think there's a lot of different ways you can go uh the first one i ended up landing on is actually a horse that lost to collected glory in his la- in her last start which is the six uh jump and judy I'm a sucker for speed, uh, you know, the cheaper, the better. And while there is not a lot of form in this race due to some of the first time starters and whatnot, from what I can see, there's no pace in here and jumping Judy's got every right to get out there and just go, you know, it's Broberg second off the claim. I mean, he does excellent work, uh, work, you know, in these claiming ranks. And I find it encouraging that Zimmerman chooses to keep the mountain here. And yeah, he lost last time out, but you know, there's not much speed in here. I think he could maybe work out a more comfortable trip. And that was only her, excuse me, her, her second career start. You know, she still is young. She's still figuring things out. She's a three-year-old filly with two starts. I think she has a big right to step forward. And, uh, you know, Broberg, 25%, second off the claim. So I think there's a lot to like about the number six, Jump and, Joy, jump and Judy, excuse me. So that's a horse that I did use. I went three deep in the ticket. Um, I, I kind of thought the same thing with Jump and Judy. I mean, this is the one for a fact that you know is going early. Um, and Broberg's horses run fast early. That's just what they do. But here are the ones that I had. Uh, the two Greek heiress at 20 to one adds Lasix for the first time uh first try on dirt after ending up in the milligan barn and the horse actually uh ran at kentucky downs uh in september and if you're keeping track on your scorecard when it comes to little pig boy angles little pig boy can i get the definition little pig boy he's that pathetic dirty bitch baby mistress gets the stand up Stand all over me. I love horses that ran at Kentucky Downs. It just that class carries for some reason. Uh, so that's twenty to one for that too. And then I used the four plus power at fifteen to one. That's the Mark Cassie trained horse that had gate issues last out. 
Uh, I like seeing that the horse got a little gate work uh, to tighten up for its last workout. Uh, and a horse that can really surprise with an alert break. So I'm taking the known entity of the speed with Jump, Jump and Judy. And then I'm taking two horses that I think could catch a flyer and then just go for the lead and no one would expect it at, at huge prices. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that two chase, Greek Eris, because I'm also uh, all over that horse as one of the three I'm going to use in this race. That makes me think we probably don't get 20 to 1, but there's just lots of angles there. And the big class drop, the Kentucky Downs angle, coming out of a key race. This is a horse that probably is going to be better on dirt than turf, just looking at the pedigree. So I'm with you on Greek Eris, the number two. Um, I didn't use the number four, but I did give her a look. Uh, I, I'm a little worried that she just she was so green in that debut. I almost wonder if she may need even a second or third start before she starts to put it together. But she's one that I did find interesting. I ultimately landed on the number seven as my third pick. Uh, I'm not going to try to say that name, but it's the uh, the Norm Cass horse here. Uh, Donk Fjord Alice, perhaps? Um, Donk Fjord Alice! <laughs> yes, I left out the German accent and the yeah. anger, which is necessary when you speak in German. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever, have you ever, yeah, God, it was the, the Dana Carvey show was on ABC years ago and they had a, uh, a sketch that was uh, German people saying things like really positive things to people, but in their German, like angry. And it was, it, it was pretty good. Yeah, you need the anger for Donk Fjord Alice! Yeah, you just kind of like say it all together and add some anger to it. I think that's, you basically speak German now. Yeah, there you go. Bingo. But yeah, Language really, I'm learned. putting this one in for the most part, just off of the fact that Norm Cass's barn has been incredible this meet. I mean, 43% on the meet. Uh, when, when Ricardo Santana's up for Norm Cass, they're 10 for 15 together lately on the meet. You know, there was 70% the last two months, seven for 10. Just silly stats. You know, yeah. The pedigree is good here. It's a Union Rags horse. Uh, Dam has put out four uh, starters, three of which who have won. Uh, two thirds of those have won as a two year old, actually. So there is some precocity there. The work seemed fine. Nothing to run home. We get right home about, but for the most part, for me, it's really just, uh, I'm not going to let a barn that's firing this hot beat me at anywhere near eight to one. All right. So I ended up two, four, six. You ended up where? Uh, two, six, seven. Okay. I like it. I like it. We both can survive. Let's take a look at race seven, eight and a half furlongs, a 62 and a half thousand dollar optional claimer. This one seems to have a pretty quick early pace. I think that it can throw a, I can throw just like a run style at this race whenever I make my ticket. That's kind of um, how I looked at it too. Yeah, this this pace picture is, is favorable for three horses, and I'm going to use two of those three and toss the second choice. But before I do my big reveal, that's called a tease where I'm from. I'm going to let Caleb let us know how he sees the race and who he's using in his ticket. Yeah, sure. So I, this is if I was ever going to you know single in this sequence, to me this was kind of the race where maybe you can't single, but I feel like you could get through this race using the least number of horses, perhaps just needing one or two. Uh, the two that I ended up landing on in this race is unfortunately kind of chalky. Um, the number four frosted grace, this is the horse that should be forwardly placed, doesn't need the lead has run three very good, well, two very good races. And then, a kind of a weird stinker three back, but just barely lost the Cato river last out, who would be a pretty sizable favorite against this group. You have to think seems like Theodora has this one pointed the right direction. The big question mark here, and what kind of prevents me from singling this horse is, just doesn't like to win very much. She gets a lot of second places, a lot of third places, you know, 19 minor awards compared to only seven wins, uh, including that last time out, just, uh, just getting beat by a neck. So for that reason, I ended up also including the one Kapuna, who is probably the horse with the most upside in the field. 
I'm hoping they don't use those front running tactics that they used in the last two. Cause I do think yeah. with Thomas Shelby and a few others in here, I don't want this horse on the lead and the horse doesn't need the lead has, has won before and has run really good races coming off the pace. Yeah. So I mean, you throw the, those two races out where the horse was, went for the lead. They were, they were on the, you know, the wet off track. So yes. I, I, I'm with you that I hope that there's a return to the tactics there. Yeah. And that's basically it. I'm thinking this horse can sit just off clearly loves Oakland two for two at this track. I do question is this horse, you know, improved lately or is it more of an off track specialist catching those two off tracks in the last two races um, moves up in class a touch in here. But, but I do think if you look at the company he was keeping as a three-year-old against, you know, Cyberknife, epicenter and the likes of those, he's been just facing way better horses. So I think Kapuna is a horse in here that uh, makes a lot of sense. So I, I, I took two of three horses, and the one that I decided to leave off my ticket was Kapuna. Um, I used the three Mystic Knight 15 to 1, uh, and I think that the horse could win on style alone, and I don't think it would be a huge shocker if the race just fell right into uh, into this horse's lap. And, you know, it's going to have to make up a ton of ground to win, but there is pace out in front of him. 15, and one. 15 to 1 makes it enticing. Uh, because if I were going to use Kapuna, I feel like I couldn't use Frosted Grace, but I do think that Frosted Grace, for me, is, is the most likely winner. Um, it's really difficult to say no to Diodoro with Christian Torres right now. I mean, the horse is going to be sitting in that second wave a couple links off the early pace. It just missed against similar last out and one against similar two back. So I ended up going too deep with the three, uh, which was named for Caleb's Eyes, Mystic Knight, at 15-1. to 1. <laughs> And they're, they're their own shade. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, and the four, uh, Frosted Grace at, at two to one. So two deep, three, four. I like it. All right. That is race seven. Before we move on to race eight, we're going to take a quick break here at the Notorious OTB. When we get back, we've got the back half of this late pick five that includes two grade three stakes races at Oakland Park, and they are chock full of goodies. We will be right back. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is heating up for March Madness. College Pick'em is a great way to get down on the action, especially if your bracket is busted after day one. Plus, Underdog Fantasy has your favorite college basketball player props. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Welcome back to the Notorious OTB, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're two legs into the late pick five for Saturday at Oakland Park this Saturday, March 18th. Let's get into it. Race eight, six furlongs, the $200,000 Whitmore Stakes. And what's that for the greatest horse that ever lived is now... Well, I think it was a great stakes last year. But still, you put some fucking respect on Whitmore's name. It's a grade three, bitches. Uh, and it's a you know six furlong sprint. So, of course, uh, I immediately think that the pace is too hot and is going to melt down. Um, I might have already talked myself out of what I'm doing. But let's see. Let's see. Let's hear what <laughs> Caleb thinks, and maybe I'll, I'll just tail what he says. I mean, I just saw the Whitmore, and it, it just makes me happy to see that name. I mean, it's been a little while, but, I mean, the old war horse, you just – I miss him out there on the track, but I'm glad he's getting uh, the recognition he deserves. Yeah. This should be a grade one for uh, big, what he's done. <laughs> big shout out to Whitmore. Hope you're enjoying retirement, King. All That's right. right. So, but yeah, I agree with you, Chase. I think there's a ton of speed in here, which means that some horse that I don't even think makes the fucking lead somehow wires this race. But with that being said, uh, I mean, uh, I'm going to get beat if a horse wires it because there's too much speed in here, right? Yeah. I yeah, mean, you look absolutely. at this race, you've got Cogburn who – 
has literally never not been first from six career races. You edge to edge, loves yeah. to go. Yeah. You got Pirate Rick, who is, you know, king of the fake figs coming out of Winter Duct and Laurel, who has also yep. pretty much always been on the lead. And you get a couple of like maybe speed horses like Baytown Bear, Empire of Gold, Edge to Edge. There's just a lot of pace in this race. So I was looking for horses that could come off the pace. And I think the most likely winner is probably the most obvious one, who's the number two, Tejano Twist. This horse just he just shows up. I mean, draw line through his two turf starts where he clearly didn't care for the surface. And he's pretty much hit the trifecta on each of his last five starts, including against Gunite last out, where he ran a pretty good second, considering Gunite went on to run second over in Saudi Arabia against Elite Power, who is the best sprinter in the division and you know, possibly the best dirt dirt sprinter in the country right now. I think Tayano Twist is kind of the obvious pick, but I think he's no cinch in here. I think you can make a case for a few others. So I'm curious where you landed. Yeah, I so I really like Tejano Twist. I actually had Tejano Twist picked in that that last race. And it looked like Tejano Twist had that thing won until Gunite, you know, picked him off late, which I mean I am not I don't care about because I had the trifecta either way. Um but yeah, I, I decided to fade Tejano Twist. I was afraid that that last figure might be a product of, of racing on an off track. Um so I went with a third place finisher from that race, the three miles ahead at 15 to one. I think that a fast track might make a difference and that that's a favorable pace setup for miles ahead. And so with the favorable setup, you know, a more conducive condition, I love that price at 15 to one. I felt like it was a must include. Uh, and then I went with the seven flash flash of mischief at nine to two. Uh, if, if this horse is anywhere near fit enough to win the race, he's got a puncher's chance. Uh, it, you know, definitely some back class, I believe ran in the, uh, the BC sprint last year. I couldn't leave it off either. It's not quite the favorite. So I was okay. I felt like spreading a little bit and having that shorter price horse. And then I, I went with, uh, the 10 Morello 15 to one, who, uh, I like to think is named after Tom Morello, the lead guitarist of rage against the machine horse on a parade. It has to this, be, right? Yeah, absolutely. This horse has so many gate problems but sometimes can actually overcome them. And I like the price for that risk. Like this horse keeps running from off the pace because this horse keeps breaking poorly, but it's over to, you know, since it's able to overcome them, I think you're still getting a good price there at 15 to one. So I was three, seven, 10, three deep in the Whitmore. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty close with you, Chase. We already talked about Tiano twist. I'm also on the three and seven. Those are two others. I think you can make an extremely strong case for seven probably takes a bit of money goes off at a, you know, a medium price he seems to be one of those every other race kind of horses that doesn't really fire two good ones in a row seems like he should be due for a good one if that pattern holds and then the three you've already talked about love the price there for all the reasons that you mentioned the only other horse i'd probably touch on in here would be the one spankster and this is probably the, the last one i would include of the ones we've mentioned but he will be on a couple of my tickets simply because i don't think he really ran that badly in any of his last two starts he clearly didn't want to go a mile and a 16 three back but his last two races are pretty good against you know some pretty good horses he was you know barely beaten by Cogburn two back Cogburn might be the best horse in this field I just right. think that the post plus the pace setup works against him sure so for Spencer to only get beat you know less than a length in that race uh, I think that he could easily turn the tables on him here with more pace in the race he came back to a win convincingly next time out and I think he just sits a nice trip in here and he might be one of the uh, mid-pack closers that gets a jump on horses like Teano Twist, but may be able to, uh, you know, outkick them and hold on turning for home. So he's the other one I would throw in here. But again, I, I think you're looking for off the uh, pace horses of any variety in this race. 
All right, so time to take a stand here. I was three seven ten. What are your numbers? What do you got? I was one two three seven. All right, let's move on to the penultimate leg, the feature, the five hundred thousand dollars. That's right, half a milli, eight and a half furlong Essex handicap. Handicap. It is a grade three. Uh, the second half of the grade three daily double here. Uh, I'm gonna get cute here, and I'm only using two horses, and they're both huge prices. Uh that the race really shapes up well for. And, uh, yeah, I, I, three deep. And one of them is just like a turning into a bad habit that I can't say no to whenever the, his name shows up in the PPs. Um, but once again, I'm teasing, uh, go ahead. Caleb, such a tease. Such a tease. Such a tease. So hard. So hard. I tease. <laughs> <laughs> so this is another race where, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, it's like, I have nothing against last samurai. He's a cool horse. He likes, to, you know, he, he runs good races. Um, but I don't think he's tons the best in here. And I really, really hate that post. I think it's really tough to win from those far outside posts going a mile or a mile and a 16th at Oakland. You got that short run to the first turn. You got the short stretch. And I think last samurai is kind of a horse that he certainly won't be on the lead, but he doesn't want to be dead last either. So I, I just, you know, trying to envision the way this pace and that run to the first turn sets up. I can't really see a way he doesn't get strung three or four wide. And I don't know that he's that much the best to win. So as the favorite, he's a horse that I have a lot of respect for, but I'm actually going to let him beat me. And uh, there, there's two horses in here that I'm interested in. One of them, I think is a terrible morning line. I guess we'll start there with the number five classic causeway. And boy, have I been fooled and burned by this horse before. So <laughs> he might make me look like a absolute ass once again, but he's a good horse. I mean, we did. We thought that he was, then we thought that he wasn't. And I guess we thought that he was again. And maybe now we think that he's not again, but I don't know what we think, but all I know is that he's probably the class of the field. He's faced some really good horses on two different surfaces across a variety of different distances, but they're getting him back onto the dirt here. Maybe he's better on turf, but I think he's always been respectable enough on dirt. He ran a good race in the Ohio Derby and his efforts in Tampa were pretty strong as well. The presence of Call Me Fast, who was inside, is obviously a concern. That horse has early speed as well. But I think Classic Causeway is probably a little quicker. And I, you would have to think that you know, with Call Me Fast, does he really want to go out there and duel with Classic Causeway? I, I'm not totally sure. So we'll see. Um, if they go out there and you know duel, that's going to obviously compromise both their chances. And maybe that happens. But at the price, and even if you only get a third of the price, I still think Classic Causeway is a horse that I'm going to use in here. The other one being number two, Vittorio. If Classic Causeway's line is too long, I sort of feel like Vittorio's line is too short at three to one. I think you might get a touch better than that, though. Um, he has every right to improve second off the layoff. Ran a nice race last time out against Charge It, who is probably one of the leading horses in the handicap division right now, even though he did disappoint slightly in his next start at Gulfstream. But that being said, I, I still think this, this horse ran like a horse that needed one. He came out a little bit slow. He was wide. He ran a nice race. I fully expect him to step forward, second off the layoff here, get a nice tracking trip off of the four and the five. And I don't think I want a super deep closer in here. I think I want more of a mid-pack runner. So I think Vittorio makes some sense. So uh, we actually didn't end up on any of the same horses. I had the three R-rated superstar, 15 oh, to one. Su he's such a horse that booms me once a year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he hasn't done it yet this year. He's going to get one. He's going to get at he least one. one. Every year. <laughs> And he had trouble in his last two trips at, at Oakland. He was bumped last out. He fanned six wide, had to take the Overland route, like right out of the right out of the uh, gate. Uh, maybe not off form, maybe just a victim of circumstance, I'm going to say. And uh, I like that price at 15 to 1. The pace 
you know, everything you said about the pace, I pretty much agree with. I like where R-rated superstar is going to be sitting. And uh, I'm using another horse that's going to be sitting a similar trip, and it's the six, Necker Island, at eight to one. And I think this one can really pop after finishing third in a tune-up allowance race. And it ran very well against a non-graded stakes company during the summer. And I've always been a big fan of how Chris Hartman, you know, spots his horses up. Uh, he's been doing it really well for the last two meets at Oakland. Uh, and I want to say, didn't he even have some a couple winners going at Saratoga this summer? Just, you know, excellent placements. I'm a big Chris Hartman fan, so I'm going to use Necker Island and just go too deep with the three and the six. R-rated and Necker Island. Yeah, Chris Hartman's been outstanding. Uh, last couple of years, really. He's, he's excellent at fairgrounds as well. Got to love the work pattern coming on Necker Island. I, I gave him a long, long look. I don't know if this is the distance that he wants. That's ultimately what kind of scared me off, but I think he, you'll get a good price there. So we are into the money leg. We both like huge prices. Like this is a, uh, has the you know, potential to be, you know, just generational wealth. If we hit this one, Hey, 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 on, don't man. rub on that. You block that. You understand? That's alpaca. That's $25,000 alpaca. You block that shit. Right. You don't rub on, put the club soda on there. Will you win enough money to treat people like less than you and make them blot your alpaca? I think we could. <laughs> I think we could. Uh, Lord willing, if I'm alive sitting on a monster payout here, I'm glad that I decided to go four deep. Uh, I, I I, mean, you have to spread here, right? You have to spread pretty pretty thick. Yeah, you, you absolutely do. I think this is yeah, an archy bred maiden race to anchor a pick five. I mean, this is the most Oakland thing ever, but... If you have a single here, then you have a huge edge earlier in the sequence because you can spread in some races and maybe catch a bomb. Yeah. I think you have to spread here, though, and it's not a race I'm going to try to get very cute in. Yeah, so I, I'll go ahead. I'll rattle off who uh, whoever I used here with the, the my four horses. Uh, the, the two running in the streets, eight to one, has shown just a smidge of an ability to pass other horses. Just a smidge. Uh, and had trouble last out. Love betting those kind of horses back. Eight to one's a fair price. Uh, the next one, I'm actually, I was shocked to see this morning line price because looking at the run style, looking at the speed figures, looking at whoever, who else was in this race, I kind of thought this was going to be your favorite. The three Kokomo Street, 12 to one, uh, which kind of surprised me a little bit, but this will be the speed of speed. I mean, who wins maiden races? Horses that run fast early because learning how to pass is a learned skill. Uh, I used the four. Hey there, uh, Joji girl, three to one. Uh, same thing as running the streets. A smidge of an ability to pass horses, also coming off of tr trouble trips. And then, I mean, you have to use the first timer, uh, Nagala, six to one. Uh, other than it just being the first timer, and you should just put it in just because. Uh, I, I really like the tandem of uh, Bejarano and Maquit. Yeah. What do you got? Um, similar, I would say. I mean, I, I think we're we're both kind of shying away from most of the shorter prices in this field. And I think that's, that's fair. I, I think if the also eligibles draw in, it does change the race a decent bit, especially most, most definitely. I, I, if the also eligible drops in, I would put, put that horse uh, on my ticket because that horse uh, could easily dispatch this field. Yeah. 13, I think is a player if he makes it, but as of now, I really handicap it like he's not in. Um, so with that being said, I, I did agree with you on uh i think two of your picks i like the number four hey there uh joji girl uh, looks like she's had some trouble in her two starts if she gets out cleaner maybe she can make some more noise here and the number nine nagala who like you said Bejarano, moquette i mean lots to like about this horse and it's a jimmy creed so uh, clearly they shipped out the dam to get this one bred i actually added the other or one of the other anyway first time starters as well who's the number one music mistress 
more of a traditional Archibrad of Lori's Rocket, although Lori's Rocket does get 14% debut winners. The dam has had five offspring to run and all five have won and have been relatively productive. So, uh, you know, the works seem fine. This is more of just a, I don't think there's any monsters in this race. Maybe the rail, you know, has been fairly decent most of the meet. Um, taking a shot at a price here, you know, Walter Gala Cruz is an adequate jockey for the circuit here and there's, gets up for a small barn. So uh, I'm going to throw Music Mistress in at a price. And then I'm actually going to kind of break my own rule a little bit and use this eight gold strategy. I'd normally shy away from a horse with 11 cracks at the level and you know, hasn't mm -hmm. really broken through. But I think you're getting a huge jockey upgrade here going from Calvin Burrell and Travis Wales up to Francisco Arietta. I think, uh, you know, Frank is, you know, us in the know like to call him. And yeah. He is not in the know because he doesn't know that I call him that. Um, yeah. But uh, he's probably been riding better than anyone, maybe with the exception of Bejarano at Oakland this meet. Um, he's really, you know, been excellent. And I just wonder if maybe he gets this horse over the hump. The horse clearly has ability and shows up, but just has some trouble finishing off races. So I'm willing to give this horse maybe one more crack just on the big jockey change at the generous price of 12 to one. Uh, if that horse ends up going off, you know, much shorter than I'd probably let him let her beat me. But at that price, uh, four-year-old against three-year-olds, I think I could take a shot. All right. So I ended up two, three, four, nine. Let's hear it. What do you got? I ended up one, four, eight, nine. All right. So that is it. That is the sequence. I'm going to recap my ticket for everyone here. Uh, starting leg one, we had the two, four, six. Leg two, three, four. Leg three, three, seven, ten. Leg four, three, six. And leg five, two, three, four, nine. That ends up being a $72 wager at the 50 cent base. And it's got just a bomb payout potential uh, based on how this uh, this sequence looks. I mean, I could be wrong, and this thing chalks out like crazy, but with the number of horses that have been entered and uh, some of the prices that I landed on naturally, uh, I, I think you get something insane here. Uh you want to rattle off your ticket, Caleb? Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I agree with you. I think this pays boxcars. If, if either one of us are right, you know, we're, we're going to need a, you know, wheel bigger barrow and bigger pants to carry all of our money home. Yeah. But uh, I already know. naturally need bigger pants just because of <laughs> certain dietary decisions that I've made recently. Yeah. In uh, race six, I went with the two, six, and seven. In the uh, seventh race, I went with the one and four. In the eighth race, I went one, two, three, seven. In the ninth race, I had two, four, five, nine. And then in the last race, I was one, four, eight, nine. And I did not do the math on that one. So I don't know what that runs. Um, like I said, I haven't totally formulated the tickets. I'll probably play multiple tickets and weigh things differently. But uh, it's not a sequence I think you can get through on the cheap. Um, I think it's, it's a sequence if you're going to play it. I think you got to put the money into it and, uh, you know, cover the, you know, cover the horses that can match your opinions. And if not, then maybe back off to the pick four or something. Cause I, I do think it's a sequence that pays huge, but I think you're going to have to be willing to put the money into it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, that is it for this pick five. That's going to be it for this notorious OTV. Uh, Caleb, why don't you uh, tell the people what you got going on right now where they can find you? Yeah. So you can uh, find me on Twitter at Caleb WVU up until uh, Elon Musk takes away my two factor authentication. Cause I don't pay for Twitter blue. But uh, up until then, uh, you know, and beyond then, I'll just take it off. But yeah, I'll be on Twitter. Um, you can always find me in Discord, uh, for the horse racing Discord, anywhere else. Just, uh, you know, I'm Caleb on there. I'm nothing creative there. But uh, you hit me up on Twitter and uh, let's make some money this weekend. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us here. We'll catch you next time on the Notorious OTV brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. See you next time.